Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast, is part of the Big Heads Media Network. For more information, go to bigheadsmedia.com. And go! Hi, Husky fans. Welcome back to another episode of Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Jake. And we go together like Holt and Bruce. Uh, is it a movie? Ugh, don't tell me it's like oh ooh, I got it. What is it? Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce. Yes, <laughs> I got it. Took me a second. I was standing out on our grass, which since we got the new dog is getting a little bit tore up, and I was like, "Huh, greatest show on turf." Greatest show on turf. And man. here we are. Hey, you want to hear a cool story about that real quick? Okay, they lost my the Super Bowl. Oh, they won one too. Okay. Who was their starting tight end for that Super Bowl? I'm a little disappointed in you right now because this is Husky trivia. Uh, I have no idea. Ernie Conwell. Hey, uh, My dad used to race with his brother back in the day. So Ernie used to come to the racetrack and his, his brother's uh, race car was painted husky themed purple and gold with a big husky on it with roses all around it it was it was awesome that's really cool uh, yeah and he used to come to the racetrack and his i was like 12 ish his thighs were bigger than my entire body just one thigh was bigger than my entire body it was incredible and at 12 at 12 you weren't a small kid no either. no so no, that's pretty no. impressive. Just to put it into perspective, I was born 13 pounds and I never, <laughs> I was never small. So, no. so this guy was, he was a mammoth of a human being. That's actually, that's really cool. Yeah. So just a little tidbit of info there for you fans. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm one for two this year on open or er, two for three. Two for three. And the one, that the, you, first one. the one that you stumped me on was Rush Hour, and you used the actors' names and not the, the people in the movie. I'm going to give you half a point on that because – Thank you. You, you should know uh, it was – it's Lee and Carter, right? Yes. Yeah, I should know that. Yeah. So I'm going to take half of that blame. So. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're good. Okay. So – uh, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go over the north today. What do you think? I am pumped. So last year our our north preview is pretty easy because we pretty much had we had the same exact ones from top to bottom, but uh, and I think we were pretty close to nailing it. I'm not gonna go back and listen to it, but the north was pretty easy to predict last year, outside of maybe WSU being better than we thought they were would be because Garner Minshew was ended up being pretty good but other than that you know it was kind of boring but i expect us to be pretty different this year you know and our predictions were pretty spot on but if you think about how the season unfolded last year man it was a crazy season for the pac-12 north it seemed like utah had had the wraps on the south um pretty pretty quickly but then the north kind of drug on it took it took UW until like two weeks before the end of the season to lock down that 
that Pac-12 North. We needed, we needed Oregon to lose is what we needed. Yeah, and that's true because, I mean, for, for some parts of the season, it looked like Washington was going to win it. There were some parts where Stanford, after that really wacky overtime win against Oregon, yep. uh, WSU just kept on winning and winning and winning. So you're right. Although it ended up pretty close to what we had it, it was kind of a wild ride. And uh, frankly, as, as Husky fans, it wasn't exactly what we were hoping for last year, even though the end result is what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, we still got to go to the Rose Bowl. Um, yep. You know, obviously, we'd like to go to a, a New Year's Six Bowl and win one. Um, but if you look back five years ago, going to three state straight New Year's Six Bowls is an incredible feat. Do you think that losing these high-profile games is starting to become a bit of a monkey on Peterson's back, or are you still no, got I, some I, no, patience? No, no, no. No, I have – man, I, going back to my last point, if you looked five years ago, just going to three New Year Six Bowls in a row seemed like an astronomical feat. I never yeah. – when, when Sarkeesian left this program – the last thing I thought was in, in, in three years from now, we're going to start a pattern of going to New Year's Six Bowls. And I, I would have called you an idiot. I, even, even knowing that we hired Coach Peterson, I thought it would have taken him longer to get us to where we are than it did because we were in shambles. Yeah, and we, you know, it was so funny about the Sarkeesian years because there were some good players that came through, and you know, they would they would win some games that they weren't favored in, and then they'd lose one where you're like, "What the hell are we doing?" Like there was no uh, cohesion, and it just looked like the team wasn't ready. I, I remember they, I think they beat Stanford or something, then they went and lost to Arizona State in a laugher. Well, I mean. And, we kind of did that last year too, though, with Peterson. The difference is, is that we only lost realistically one game that we probably shouldn't have lost. Going to Oregon, um, that was kind of a 50 50 uh, flip a coin. And well, we were a 34 yard field goal away from just walking out of there. Yeah, sure. No, yeah, we should have won, but we didn't. But yeah. when, when the game started, it was a, it was a coin toss. Auburn, uh-huh. coin toss. Uh, some things break differently in that game. We win that game, too. We go out that and we That freaking lose. option. Yeah, I know. We go out and we lose to Cal in a game that we shouldn't have lost to, though. Uh, you know, we lost a game that we shouldn't have lost, but the difference is, is every other week we have come prepared and, and won the games that we should have. The year before, we dropped one against Arizona State, you know, and – Right. The year before USC, USC was really hot when we played them, though. Yeah, yeah um, that was darn full Darnold. But yeah, but I would imagine at some point those random losses, the teams that we shouldn't lose to, are eventually going to end, and that's when you're going to see this team start winning a Rose Bowls, Fiesta Bowls, Peach Bowls, and national championships. I would agree, and and I, I agree that I thought you were going to take the opposite side because there is some clamoring that you know this is starting to become a monkey on his back that he's not winning the big games. But what I would encourage fans to think about is 
look at the recruiting classes that he had at the start of his career oh. at Washington to where we are now, the talent in those rooms and the depth in each room has gone up exponentially as his tenure has gone on. Because if you look at that first class with the Brownings and the uh, Gaskin and, and Trey Adams, those weren't great classes outside of that star-wise. They got good um, production out of those guys. But now we're getting more talented guys coming in to start their careers with higher ceilings. That's when we're going to start to see a prolonged uh, series of wins in, in major bowl games. If, if you want to, if you're a fan and you're obsessed, if, if you're obsessed with the star rating and you look at just stars, when coach Peterson first came in his first year, I think he got like two, four star recruits. And one of them was Browning. Yeah. And this year he's reeled in 14, 15. Yeah. It's so the talent, I mean, I remember when we grabbed um, Byron Murphy, and that was huge. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, this is the best talent Coach Pete's ever got. And now he's bringing those corners in by the handful every year. So this team's – and, and, and not only just corners now, but he's bringing in um, – he's bringing in Heward next year. You know, defensive lineman. Yeah, he's bringing in a running back. He's, I mean, he's bringing in all sorts of talent and all over the ball. So, do do I think this monkey? Do I think it's a monkey on his back? Some people do. I don't. But mm-hmm. do I think that this pattern of losses in big time bowl games is going to end? Yeah, real quick. I do too, and I think it's going to be with uh, Eason under center, uh, whether it's this year or next year. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he's going to be the start of some really really elite quarterback play, which I'm not saying that Jake Browning wasn't elite because I mean, he owns every statistical uh, category in Washington that's relevant. But I think even with that, the pure talent of these kids coming in is higher than uh, Browning's ceiling. And and I think that with the coaching, those guys are going to hit those ceilings. Yeah. At some point you have to look at talent level. And Browning's right. talent level wasn't at the level that Eason's or maybe even Hayner's isn't. You know, Hayner probably <laughs> realistically his his talent level is probably pretty close to Browning's. I think when when you look at their arms, probably I, I think that the reason why uh, Hayner wasn't really ever a, a going to compete for that job full time was the fact that some of the other things that Browning does well, whether that's knowing when to tuck the ball, uh, you know, I just watched some games today and Browning, Browning had some, especially his senior year had a lot better pocket presence when it came to flushing out of the pocket when need be to picking up some really nice first downs. That being said, I mean, I think we're just going to get better and better. Absolutely. So, so let's get into the North, huh? Absolutely. All right. We're going to start at Cal. We got Justin Wilcox in his third year. Um, they went seven and six last year, and they lost in the Cheez-It Bowl in overtime to TCU seven to ten. Yeah, by, Jay, the, who, by the way, that's the best tasting bowl they have. The uh, what about the Outback Bowl? I prefer Cheez-Its over the the Blooming Onion any day. And regular Cheez-Its. Anybody that says white cheddar Cheez-Its is a psychopath. <laughs> 
but I, I got to tell you, I got to disagree. I mean, I knew we were going to disagree, but I didn't think we were going to disagree on this. Um, I'm going to take steak over crackers, even if it's not the best steak in the world. Fair enough, man. I do like, I mean, I like a good steak. If I'm having steak, do you like I'm, a regular I'm, steak. I, if I'm, if I'm doing steak, I'm doing my steak on my Traeger. I'm not paying $87 to go to the Outback, drink uh draft Coors Light and have a overdone steak. Look, if you, I don't think they, I don't think you're going to be able to, you'd have to drink a lot of beer to have steak and beer. Have you met me? And get it to 87, $87 (laughs) at Outback. Hi, have you met me? And my wife who also drinks beer. Hold on. $87. (laughs) No problem. No. Yes. Their steaks are like 15 to 20 bucks. I, and I'm devouring two of them and 10, <laughs> and 10 quarters lights. <laughs> uh, sir, you've just earned yourself a free blooming onion. <laughs> I am on their VIP list, Trev. <laughs> well, okay. Um, it was, uh, okay, so it was a very good tasting bowl. Uh, it was a very ugly game to watch. Um, who who are your guys to watch this year coming for Cal? Um, kind of kind of off the radar a little bit, but uh, outside linebacker Cameron Good. He had a uh-huh. he had a pick six in week one against UNC to kind of push them into that win against them. Uh-huh. But early season uh, knee injury kept him out for the entire season, and. Um, He's coming back this year. He's a little heavier, a little bit more muscle mass, didn't lose any speed. And I think he is what's going to really make that deep. I mean, their defense is already really, really good. But if he can stay healthy and and stay playing, that he will turn that defense into an elite defense. Yeah. And, you know, the their, their secondary is talked about as maybe the best secondary in the nation. Yeah, um, that I mean, defense is the real deal. Their defense is the real deal. I mean, that's for sure. I really wish Washington wasn't playing them week two. I I kind of am happy about it, um, because I want that taste out of my mouth from last year. Man, I you know offenses just seem to take a little bit longer to mash, especially with a new quarterback, and defenses can pick up where they left off, and that's what makes me nervous. Sure, but we have just as good of a defense as them. I would agree, and that's one thing that you look at those uh, backfield top twenty-five lists, top ten lists, and Washington's not on the top tens of those lists, and it's because people outside of the footprint don't know the talent that we have. They just see that. You know, Rap, Miller, and Murphy all went to the NFL, and, and so did McIntosh. So, literally, the four guys, four of the five guys are gone. Washington has proven for three generations of uh, defensive backs now, we just reload. Every guy can play. So, anyhow, that's a little too much about Washington during Cal's turn. But, yeah, their defense is good. <laughs> uh, the guys that I want to highlight – it's going to be Jace Garbers and Devin Monster. Who's going to take the job? Should the offense do anything? Because the offense was just real bad last year. Yeah. Um, what? What does? How much offense does Cal need to be good? 
uh, I pff, doubled the production that they had last year, man. And I think I honestly think that Cal's gonna as long as um, Wilcox is there. I honestly believe that Cal will struggle in offense, uh, just because he's such a heavy-minded defensive coach. I mean, when he was here, he took a defense that was real bad oh. under Nick Holt and turned them around into a pretty good defense. Um, yeah. And he's he's done the same to Cal. He took a team that was in shambles, and he made them a fantastic, uh, an elite defensive team. But all they've done since he's been there is struggle on offense, and I don't see it changing this year. I really, Isn't it I, so weird that Sonny Dykes was all offense, no defense, and in two years they totally turned to 180 and are the complete opposite team? With a lot of guys that were, frankly, that defense, a lot of those guys were on those Sonny Dykes teams. Yeah, I just think it just shows the importance of how, how you split your coaching. Yeah, Wilcox is spending a lot more time on defense than he is on offense, and, and Sonny was doing the complete polar opposite. And it shows in their numbers, you know, because I think and, – and me personally, I like the way that Wilcox does it because I think, he, I think defense wins championships. That's why I was such a big fan of the Baltimore Ravens for so long because they have one of the best defenses of all time. And then yeah. the Seahawks, who I'm a homegrown – fan uh, always have been goes out there with their 2012 13 14 defense and that is exactly how I want to watch my football team I want to watch my football team fly around and with heavy hitters and I that's why I like Justin Wilcox but it's not yet seen to work for him there well yeah I mean he got him back to a bowl the, what I'm a little shocked about is the offensive coordinator there, Bull Baldwin, he was uh, he was the head coach Easterns. at Eastern with that really yep. high-powered offense. Yep. And, you know, when the Washington OC job came open, that's the guy I wanted. And, yeah. you know, shows how much I know. But I wonder, I wonder what the conversations in those coaches' rooms are like because I really – I really believe that Bo Baldwin's a really good offensive mind. And maybe it was just the quarterbacks last year were that bad uh, that they just, they couldn't put anything together. And then the other question is the only, uh, the only offensive guy that I can think of outside of the bad quarterback play is Patrick Laird and he's gone. Yeah. It kind of, you know, I, I was a little, I was a little irritated with um, Wilcox and I, I would Obviously, Wilcox is the head coach, so I think it's his call. Not to start um, <clears throat> Bowers. Ross Bowers. Yeah, Ross Bowers last year. Because I thought he came in the year before and looked really, really good. And then you come in here with a running quarterback that can't throw the ball worth a lick, and he gets the starting job over Ross Bowers, which can do both. He, he is essentially a dual-threat quarterback. And I, I think that kind of took the toll on that Cal offense. It kind of made him one – dimensional as far as what they could do you know nobody nobody believed that even though we lost to them there was no way that that offense was winning that game it took a miraculous pick six to beat us because neither offense was going to score and it was because we knew that they couldn't throw on us and and it wasn't just us it wasn't I mean yeah our corners were really good last year but it wasn't because our corners were so 
incredible is because our corners knew that they weren't going to throw the ball, so we could just load the box. Yeah, absolutely. And so last year, they averaged 21.5 points a game, which frankly is higher than I thought it would be. But, you know, once they got into Pac-12 play, they really struck. Oh, they, you know, they got a big bump playing Oregon State. They dropped 49 on them. Yeah. But against the upper echelon, you're seeing 13, 15, 13, 7, 17. Those aren't good scores. No. Um, so, you know, they got to they gotta figure some things out down in Berkeley if they're going to compete. But that defense is going to keep them in every single game this year. Absolutely. All right, Jake. So, first they have a home game against UC Davis. That's going to be a win. At Washington. It's going to be a big old fat L. Good. Uh, I agree with you with both of those so far. North Texas at home. Win. Win. That's offense versus defense. I'm going to choose the defense on that one. Mm-hmm. At, Miss- oh, at Ole Miss. Loss. Okay, I have it as a win. Oof. Yeah. Going into SEC territory. It's pulling because out that- I hate the SEC. You have, you have two Pac-12 teams going into SEC land and winning. Hey, <laughs> I just I just want you to realize that. I, I look, I I I don't know what to say about myself. I'm <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. You are a home. I mean, that's not even being a homer. That's just that's a, that you you just hate the SEC that much that you're not going to pick the best conference in football to win two games against team a team that I don't have finishing very good. By the way, look, it's it's Alabama. It's Georgia, and it's uh, Auburn. But it's not. Other than that. No, no, it's not. No, get out of here. Uh, okay. All right. Home game on a Friday night against Arizona State. Loss. I have it as a win at Oregon. Loss. I have that as a loss. They have a bye week. Then they uh, host Oregon State. And drop 41 on them. Yeah, maybe. You, you, you're calling that a win? Yeah, yeah. I'm calling that a loss. No, you're not. I am. Is that Oregon State's only win? Uh, I guess we'll find out. Stay tuned. (laughs) No spoilers here, people. No spoilers today, baby. Uh, At Utah. Loss. Loss for me as well. Bye week. Then they host Washington State. Win. I have it as a loss. Then they host USC. Loss. Loss as well. At Stanford? Loss. I have it as a win. And at UCLA? Loss. Oh, man. You have that You have that as a win. I do have it as a win. I have them being pretty bad this year, really. So what do you have them at? Four and eight overall. Oh, big step back. Big step back. No offense this year, man. What's the, uh, what's the conference record? Two and seven. Oh, does that cost Wilcox's job? Not yet. It puts him on the hottest seat possible, he's on, though. He's on the hot seat. Yeah, he's on a. He's not on a hot seat. He's on the hot seat. That's if USC fires Helton, which you previously said they were going to. So, okay. If USC fires Helton, Wilcox leaves for that job. You think so? I, yeah, I do. Huh. That's interesting. Um, I mean, you might be right. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't go after Urban Meyer. 
but um, I mean, sure. I mean, if Irvin Meyer is available, then yes. But USC wants to go back to the Pete Carroll footprint. Yeah. And what better way to do that than bring in a heavy hitting defensive coach? Sure. I mean, the last two uh, Carroll coordinators worked out great, so why not go for a third? <laughs> All right. Uh, I have Cal going six and six and three and six in conference. They're going so, back to the Cheez It Bowl. They're going back to the Cheez It Bowl, baby. <laughs> Oh, here we go <laughs> two years in a row do you go to the cheese it bowl if you have to go twice in two years i mean it depends on if they you know the the stuff that the, the freebies they give the kids if you know if they're able to get a bunch of cheese it's to last them you know when the cafeteria is closed it might not be a bad idea do you ask to go to the outback bowl at that time <sighs> you or know the famous the famous idaho potato bowl you know, I wonder what the purses are for that. Like, I figure the Outback Bowl, you're probably getting steak. The Potato Bowl, you're probably getting, like, baked potatoes and chips and, you know, all the other ways that you can make potatoes. It's pretty versatile uh, food, so I guess. I don't know. Or money. You know, money works, too. Well, yeah, the NCAA is not going to allow that. Well, not allow to you to players, have a but to, to the school. Oh, Totally. Uh, I don't know which one pays out more. I'm assuming the Cheez-It Bowl does pretty well. I think the Outback Bowl, that's like an ACC-SEC one, I think. So uh, I think you're going to be stuck with the Cheez-Its. Oh. So bummer for them. Bummer. But it's better than the no bowl that you have them going to. You're right. It is. Yeah. All right. Let's head up north to Eugene where uh, the Oregon Ducks, uh, led by Mario Cristobal in his second year, Last year they went nine and four. They went to the Red Box Bowl in a barn burner of a, a barn burner of a game, seven to six over Michigan State. Jake, what do you uh, got? Who's your guy? Man, that was the most frustrating game to watch. <laughs> I, it I, really. I I remember watching it and I was definitely rooting for Michigan State, <laughs> and I was getting so pissed at their quarterback who couldn't even he couldn't throw it out of bounds if he wanted to. I got to tell you, I have no recollection of that game. It was rough. I mean, I could tell by the score. It probably wasn't super fun to watch. And it wasn't because either of their defenses were spectacular. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, player to watch. No shocker here. Uh, quarterback Justin Herbert. Who's that? I, some kid. <laughs> Homegrown. Just a kid from Eugene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could have gone as uh, probably one of the top three quarterbacks off the board in last year's draft, but decided to come back for a senior season. Why, I don't know. Um, I'm not convinced on his ability to carry a big-time college system to a pro- to the promised land. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. Kid, he has all the intangibles, all the skill set in the world to be special, but can he take Oregon to where Mariota did? You know, uh, they don't have a long-standing history of quarterbacks that have taken them to, uh, uh, obviously not to call it, you know, Mariota's the one that's taken them to a college football playoff. You, you, you think of Joey Harrington, he took him to, I think, a Rose Bowl. Um, but other than that, you know, Herbert's probably next in line as far as great Oregon quarterbacks. 
Who was the guy that took? Oh, the the uh, there was another guy that took him to a Rose Bowl. Uh, the the running Darren, guy, Darren the, Thompson. Darren Thomas. Thomas. Darren Thomas. There was uh, the guy before him. He was a runner. He was like a big brawler. Uh, I don't. God, what I was don't. His name? I don't. I know Darren Thomas took him to the national championship. Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't Darren Thomas. That was that was uh, Michael. Who's the ru- yeah, LaMichael James took him to the national championship, where Cam Newton just had the his way with them. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, as far as 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 far as elite quarterbacks in that system go, I, I'm I'm putting Mariota first, uh, and, and Joe Harrington, and then Herbert. I think that Herbert would have a chance to be able to do that. I just don't think he has the pieces around him to get them to that spot. Because if you think, of, especially those Mariota teams, they were loaded. I mean, they had Royce, Royce Freeman uh, before, you know, he kind of wore down his senior year. Um, they had some really good receivers that were uh, really productive for him. And, you know, the the cast around Herbert doesn't excite you at the skill positions, which is weird to say about Oregon, yeah. but it's the truth. Yeah, but they have a stacked offensive line, though. They do have a good offensive line, um, but you know their their receiving core couldn't catch a pass last year. A lot of drops. Their uh, Dylan Dylan Mitchell is gone. Uh, yeah. They got a they got a, a transfer from. Penn State, who kind of got buried on the depth chart because he dropped balls. And then one of their stud freshmen uh, got hurt this training camp, and they don't know if he's going to be back this year. So who is he going to throw to? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, and it wasn't just a lot of drops for Oregon. It was a lot of untimely drops. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of big situation, balls on the money, guy lets it go through his hands and I guess that's part of football right you need you need the players like Mariot had to to accentuate your skill set yeah um her I mean Herbert's a good quarterback but he has yet to prove that he can take a team to even a Pac-12 championship well let's first you know maybe he can get to third place in the north <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, the fourth was <laughs> year, so we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, one really interesting thing is Jim Levitt was is gone, um, and and people have a lot of respect for Jim Levitt. And when he was passed up for the head coaching job, it was pretty apparent that he wasn't going to be there for very much longer. One of the interesting things is when I was looking deep into it in the north. They finished fifth in defensive points per game. Yeah. And if, if they have the highest paid defensive coordinator and a really respected defensive coordinator, they're bringing in a new, they're bringing in a new coordinator. A lot of times when you take a well-respected coordinator and they leave and they bring a new one in, you're going to expect a little bit of a drop-off. So who knows what this defense is going to look like. The only thing that I will say about the defense that would make a Duck fan feel good is Troy Dye is back. And Troy Dye feels like he's been there for 17 years. He's a really, really good linebacker who makes a lot of tackles and is always around the ball. Uh, He makes me nervous. But the rest of that defense, they gave up 25 and a half points a game last year. That's that's fifth in the north. The only team that's worse than them is Oregon State. So 
they were right around some of the other teams, but that's that's not an elite defense. So I can see team teams beating them in shootouts. So it's just something to think about. Yeah. Have you seen that video of the um it was like it was one of the uh Washington State running backs caught it in the flat and Oregon had about seven missed tackles as yes. he just waltzes into the yes. into the end zone. Yes. Yeah. It's one of my so fa- it's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you'll see where the defense takes how the defense plays is how where Oregon will go. You know, obviously yeah. Oregon will put up some, at some points, but right. can their defense stop anybody? I mean, I'm sure they're going to stop the likes of like a Oregon State. Cal. Cal. Yeah, exactly. But can they stop the Washingtons? The, 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 I don't know. I think even Stanford's going to struggle a little bit on offense a little bit. But um, I, can Oregon even stop Stanford? I don't know. Yeah, and, and that's going to be the key. Um, you know, you take Justin Herbert and you put him on uh, another team in the Pac-12, they probably become the favorite. Um, because he is he he's a special he's a special talent. If you if you put um, Justin Herbert on UW, does he start over Jacob Eason? I don't know. If neither one of them had started previously, mm, it ooh. I I couldn't tell you. Do but, you have? I, but I, the do, answer is not you, a yes. Right, I agree. Um, but if you put Justin Herbert on. Cal, I think they're they're they compete. Sure, I, I'll agree so, with that. Sure, I, if you put it at, uh, and then go to the South, if you put, I mean, if you put them on Utah, they win the conference. Yeah, but I don't think if you put them on, I don't think if you put them on Stanford, Stanford gets any better. Yeah, and that's the key right there is you have to have the supporting cast to get there. And, and that's kind of a spoiler to how I feel about Stanford as well. So, yeah. all right, so let's get into their schedule here. So they have the big opening weekend game against Auburn in Arlington at, uh, is that Cowboy stadium, right? Yes. And that's, all right. So what do you got? I, I can't have Washington lose to Auburn last year. And then and in, in my heart, Pick Oregon to beat them this year. So that's going to be a now. I agree with you. So the SEC is now one and two against the mighty Pac-12. Wow. Congratulations, yeah. Trev. Actually, I think yeah. I have the Pac-12 going 0-3. So. That a kid. Yeah. Well, I always knew I, hey, you, man. you were a Southern Bale. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the luck hasn't been there the last couple of years for the Pac-12. Someone's got to break the cap, but it's not going to be Oregon. No. Uh, then they host Nevada. Win. Montana. Win. Stanford. Win. I have it as a win as well. They go to a bye, then they have Cal. Win. At home. Colorado at home. Win. And at Washington. That's a what? What? Loss. Thank you. And then they host Washington State the next week. Washington State is on a five-game winning streak. <laughs> For you? No, 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 no. Against Oregon. Oh, really? Yes. Oregon breaks that. Okay, I disagree. Uh, at 
USC. Are they? You said they're at Wazoo. No, it's a home game. Oh, and you have them going into Austin and beating that ass. They've already done it. Ah, let's go. Uh, I'm sorry. You, it's a four game win streak. Oh, okay. it's going to be five. It's going to be five. There you go. Uh, win. Cool. I agree with you at USC. Then we have a bye week. Then we have a home game against Arizona. Win. I have it as a big old L. Um, at Arizona State. Win. I agree. And Oregon State. Win. Okay, so Jake, what do you have Oregon overall? Ten and two. Ten and two and in conference? Eight and one. That's a pretty good That is pretty uh, good. That's a pretty good record. You know I have them you, at eight and oh good. No, I just go ahead and say your standings real quick. I have eight and four and six and three conference. You know, after you said, um, I think you said Arizona would beat them. Uh huh. I wouldn't be surprised if the both of the Arizona schools pull off some major major upsets this year. I don't have them necessarily pulling them off, but if you told me that the Arizona and Arizona State each would be a big hitter in the Pac-12, a Utah, Washington, Oregon, or Stanford. I think that both Arizona schools are going to beat one of those four teams. I agree. I actually have Arizona a little bit losing games that they shouldn't lose and then winning games that they should lose. I think so, both, both of those teams are really, really talented. I, yeah. And I think that, it's, I mean, we struggle in Arizona. We always yeah. have. And – I'm a li- I'm really really worried about playing there. I don't like I don't like that they're going down there. Yeah. Um the reason why I picked Arizona to beat Oregon is that last year Arizona beat them 44 to 15. Yeah. They just crushed them. Yeah. I, maybe that's because of the skill set of um Tate. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. uh maybe that plays into the lack of defense at Oregon. Yeah, run all over them and throw all over them. I, it, it might happen, Trev. You might be on something. I might concede that. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I'm here. It for only you. took a season and three episodes for you to get there. <laughs> so, all right, you ready to move a little bit more north into Corvallis? Let's. Oh boy! All right, so Oregon State. <laughs> Jonathan Smith in his second year. Yikes. All right. So last year they were two and 10. Um, They're on a five-year bowl drought. Uh, Their most successful season since they went to a bowl game was 2014. They went five and seven. So it's been, it's been a brutal half decade for the peeps. Yeah. You know, and, and, it's really interesting the transition in the in the Pac-12 where Washington was really struggling and Oregon State, you know, they were beating USC. Mike Riley kind of had them rolling a little bit. They were winning some games. They were in games. Uh, the Rogers brothers were there. They were pretty good. They could just they never could get over the hump of beating Oregon. Uh, that year when Oregon went to the Rose Bowl for the first year, the Civil War was going to decide who went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Yeah. They're not too long removed from being really, really good. 
Yeah. And I, I can't remember the kid's name. But they had a, I think he was a Polynesian kid at quarterback. The one that was there when they were bad. I mean, there was the kid no, it who was, was there. They, it was when they were really good. They were ranked like second at one point. I, d- I don't remember. Okay. Um, but yeah, at one point they had a kid that was a little Polynesian kid. And they were, they were really, I mean, like I said, this whole fucking part sucks. I don't want any of it. Yeah. Let's just say Oregon State's not too far removed from being really, really good. And yeah. the drought that they've been in the last couple of years reminds me a lot of what the Huskies went through. And it's tough to watch. It is tough to watch. And the problem I see with Oregon State is they don't have the infrastructure that Washington has to get back to being one of the prominent teams in the Pac-12. You knew they were going to struggle when Mike Riley left, right? Then you kind of have that itch, like, uh, he he went to Nebraska. Yeah, but they brought in that Wisconsin coach that was doing pretty well, and he just kind of gave up. Uh, Gary Anderson. Yeah. He just kind of gave up. Yeah. I, which is weird that you would take a job from Wisconsin to Oregon State to Corvallis. I It seems like a step down to me. Um, I know that there were some issues with him and the athletic director, but – there's got to be a better Power Five job than Oregon State. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. Especially when you've had so much success at Wisconsin. Yeah, go down, make a lot of money at an SEC school, and you know, be one of you can go be the Razorbacks coach for for some money. So I I don't know why he chose to do that. It obviously the it didn't work, um, and that gave Jonathan Smith. Ex-quarterback, a chance to come back to his alma mater. Um, there's hope because their offense is pretty good. But I think, I mean, that spoiler alert, that drought's going to keep going. Yeah. Who's your player to watch? My player to watch is Jamar Jefferson running back. Yeah. This kid had 13, 13 eight. This kid had... 1,380 yards and 12 touchdowns as a true freshman, which broke every record in Oregon State as far as rushing yards, touchdown for freshmen. This kid will be really good the next three seasons. I guarantee it. Do I think it's enough to carry Oregon State to a winning season? No. But do I think that it makes strides to make the right direction? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Do they have enough offense surrounding him? I don't know. Jonathan Smith, he's a good enough play caller. He, he he did okay here. I mean, when he left, nobody nobody was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is an offensive guru. So, when yeah, when he left, every fan base, the, the, hardest, the hardest job to have in, 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 in football is the offensive coordinator because everybody can look – they see what you called – and they can see if it worked or didn't work. Yeah. So you usually are under the biggest microscope. You get uh, way too much of the blame, but that's kind of what comes with the territory. So, you know, if you look within Husky football and the fans of Husky football, they don't have a very high view of Jonathan Smith. But if you look outside of our little bubble, he was a pretty respected offensive coordinator. And when he was hired at Oregon State, uh, a lot of the national guys praised them for that pickup. So 
the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, he's probably a better play caller than any of us. Um, he's, <laughs> he's probably an above average play caller. And you need at a place like Oregon State where they're, they're working on getting their facilities up to compete with the Pac-12, um, getting a guy who went there and has emotional ties to the program can be a recipe for success. So, you know, Nebraska went through a little bit of a tough time and they went and got an ex-Nebraska quarterback in Scott Frost. Yeah. Um, it can work. And the only way it's going to work in Oregon State is if they give him time. and Because, you know, Washington, your, your expectancy to start competing again is quicker than a Corvallis. Because... Washington is right in the middle of Seattle. It's a huge market. It's a great place to live. There's lots of connections for college kids. Corvallis is a college town off of I-5. Unfortunately, Oregon State is, they're kind of handcuffed because they're in Oregon. Like you said, they're, it's, it's kind of a college town off of I-5. Not a lot surrounding it. It's closer to Portland. But it, it doesn't have the Nike stuff. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's where I was going is Oregon has all the Nike stuff. They have all the nicest facilities. So if you are outside of Oregon, if you're a kid in high school and you don't have ties to the state of Oregon at all, you get brought into both Oregon schools, both Oregon schools are recruiting you, you're 20 minutes up at I-5 from Eugene to Corvallis half hour uh yeah 45 minutes ish okay less than an hour so sure so you you're less than an hour farther south from portland than corvallis but you have all the nicer facilities you have a hundred different jersey combinations that you get to wear every year you have you have nike in your back pocket you have the you have everything and then you go up to Corvallis and you look and I think you hit it on the head when you said that they don't have the nicest facilities. So they're, they're fighting a losing battle and it's tough for them to a bring recruits in and B make a big time splash hire as a head coach, because all these head coaches that are looking at jobs are looking at Corvallis as way behind the eight ball. So until they fix their facilities to start with, they're not going to be competitive in the Pac-12 because Oregon will keep taking recruits, Washington will keep taking recruits, and probably smaller schools will keep taking recruits from Oregon State, Boise State's, Nevada's, you know, those smaller schools with nicer facilities. Blue turf, I mean, everybody wants to play on blue turf, right? Of course. So it's going to be – I don't think – I just don't think Jonathan Smith is the guy, even though he's a homegrown guy, he played quarterback for them. I just don't think he's the guy to resurrect that program. You know, two things that I'll say about that. Number one, I think even, even more than some of these kids are thinking outside of football, right? If you're, if you're being recruited by Oregon state, you know, you, you have those NFL dreams, but it, and I'm sure that there's Oregon state grads that go on and work for Nike but if you're a high profile football player and you're looking at Oregon and Oregon state, 
I'm sure that you're going to get preferential treatment when it comes to getting internships at, at Nike. Yeah. And that is a great way to get your career started by going, working there for free and networking. Cause that's what gets you those jobs. Right. So I think that's a huge deal. And then the other, have you been to Oregon state yet? No, I haven't. So half of the stadium is a college stadium. Uh, the home side is, is very, it's, it's, it's fine. It's a, it's a small college stadium. The visitor side is a really nice high school. Oh. The guy that I have highlighted here is Jake Luton. Uh, he was, he played against Washington at, when he was at Idaho. Uh, he's a big kid. He's, he broke his back. He's back for another year. Um, if healthy, when healthy, if he can stay healthy, he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, but you know, this program is, is, uh, still trying to fight to get back to relevancy here. Yeah. They're reeling right now, man. Yeah. So let's go through their Oklahoma state OSU versus OSU loss loss as well at Hawaii. Okay. I have that as a win. (laughs) Okay. I think I, I think Hawaii's sneaky good this year. I, I honestly, I think we might struggle for a quarter and a half against them. Well, here comes the fighting Rainbow Warriors. Um, next is Cal Win. Poly. All right, we're not no. going winless. Bye week. Then we got Stanford. Oh, <laughs> Bye week yeah. loss. I used that joke once. I can't use uh, it again. That's true. They they do have Stanford loss. at home. Okay, loss at UCLA. Loss. I'm agreeing with you all the way so far. Loss. Utah. At Loss. Cal. I have that wow. as a win. Bye week. Yep. Bye week at Loss. Arizona. Washington. Loss. Arizona Loss. State. At Washington Loss. State. At Oregon. Loss. Okay, so I'm gonna do your calculations for you. You have them going one and eleven and zero and nine Correct. in league. That is not good. Go ahead and ask me the question. Uh, we'll just put Jonathan Smith on the no. hot seat. I this, agree with you. It's only his this, second. It, this will be this his will third put Jonathan year. Smith out of a job. You, whoa! Hot take. I, I disagree. Don't. <laughs> That's why it's my hot okay. take. I think Jonathan Smith is done after this year. Well, that last chance you court uh, coach is available, so maybe they'll they just get him. They need some. They need some so. kind of splash. If they're not going to spend trillions of dollars on new facilities, they might as well hire the last chance of you guy because I just don't see Jonathan Smith working out for them. So if they do that, they got to go some sort of like system coach, you know, like an air raid kind of a system, or yeah, just hurry up just, on the ground, just, just something yeah. not conventional, just like Wazoo did with Mike Leach. And totally those are agree. two very comparable programs, right? The lesser of the two yeah. destinations, lacking yep. on, in facilities, lacking in stadium, lacking in everything. And not a lot of big cities around them, especially WSU. Yeah. So I think Wazoo did exactly what they, they could do to become relevant, and that's hire a system coach. And is there a ceiling on that? 
yes, there's a ceiling on that because you're never going to get the type of yep. recruits that – and Mike Leach did at Texas Tech. He, he couldn't get the recruits that Texas could. But you saw them play spoiler to Texas because he's a system guy, and those system guys are tough yep. to beat sometimes. Yeah. I mean, Chip Kelly, to a, a better extent, is also a system totally. guy at Oregon. He, um, I think he's changed a little bit at UCLA, but still, that was a super innovative new yeah. offense that took Oregon to Well, the he doesn't level. have to be a system guy at UCLA because he can bring in, in the recruits. You know, it, I, I think exactly. the only time that you need to be a system guy is when you can't bring in the four five-star recruits and you have to get schemey with games to try to, to try to stay competitive or win them. And that's what frustrates me about USC going sort of air raid. Yeah, because they shouldn't have so, to, but that's something totally different. Yep. Anyhow, I have OSU going three and nine, one and eight and keeping Jonathan Smith. Okay. All right. Now we're going to move back down into Stanford. David Shaw in his ninth year. Last year they were nine and four. They went to the Sun Bowl and beat Pitt fourteen to thirteen. A lot of barn burns for the Pac twelve last year. I mean, good <laughs> night. It's like nobody really wanted to go to these bowl games. What? It's like everybody was disappointed in the bowl game that they went to, so they didn't really show Washington up. Washington didn't want to play in their bowl game until the third quarter. Washington was afraid to play in their full game until yeah, the third you might quarter. Be right about that. Yeah. Anyhow, what do you got on Stanford? Who's your guy to watch? Look, my player to watch is running back Cameron Scarlett. Yeah, obviously Bryce Love's gone, and that leaves a huge void in production on offense. Scarlett doesn't have the breakaway speed that Love had, but he's very consistent between the tackles, and he is. He is the exact type of running back. He's the exact type of running back that David Shaw loves. Downhill runner, four or five yards every play. He's not going to break the big one like Bryce Love did, he, but it, he can carry the ball 30 times a game if needed. Um, they're not going to have, Stanford's not going to have the most electrifying offense with him as running back as their full time playmaker, but they're going to be a consistent offense. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's going to be KJ Costello is really, really underrated. Um, he's got really similar numbers to Justin Herbert, but the hype isn't there with him. He's he's a really efficient quarterback. He almost brought Stanford back and beat Washington last year. Yeah. Um, granted, he did lose some uh, big-time receivers, but he has arguably the best tight end in the country and Colby Parkinson to throw to. Yeah. And tight ends are cheat codes. If yeah. they're if they're good, yeah. So uh, that offense could still be pretty good. I think that even though Bryce Love wasn't necessarily the offensive impact he was last year, I think that this is going to be a a step back for Stanford as an offense and frankly as a team. Yeah, and, and Stanford was kind of a step back last year as far as offense because Bryce Love wasn't the same player he was the year before. He was super electrifying the year before and broke a lot of plays for big chunk yards. And then he got hurt and he got overused. David Shaw has a tendency of overusing running backs. And he definitely He's such a run heavy team, right? Yeah, exactly. So and I and that's kind of why I think Scarlett's really good for him because he's a bigger back that can take a beating. 
I, I just think they're going to be, I think, out of any team in the Pac-12, you will see them consistently putting up the same amount of points every week. They're going to hover right around that 21, 24 points per game range. And they're going to be there every week. And it's going to be their offense putting that, that many points up every week. I don't think you're going to see the big 70-point game from them. I don't think you're going to see uh, a seven-point game from them very often. I think they're just going to stay consistent the whole year. And I think that's going to play out really well for them. The thing about Stanford is they're pretty good, but they play a really tough schedule this year. And, you know, it's one of those things as a Stanford fan, it's really cool to see Stanford play good games all the time. But I think overall, when it comes to trying to compete New Year Six Bowls and and getting into that top of the rankings, it's going to hurt them because of some of those tough games. So let's get into it. I think we're going to disagree on these. Northwestern. Win. I agree with you. At Win. USC. I have that oh. as a loss. Then, then I have at UCF. I changed my answer right now to a loss. Yes. At UCF. Okay, I have it as a win. Um, I also see this. It's a kind of a lose-lose game because it's a, it's a group yeah. of five team. You're going all the way to Florida, and that's by far the best power of yes. a group of five teams. Uh, over the last few years. So, you know, you're supposed to win those games, but you're playing a really good team. So I'm really – I went back yeah. and forth on that one. I've, I, I gave them a win. We'll see if that sticks. Um, so they go from Florida, then they host loss. Oregon. I have that as a loss as well. That's a tough trip. Um, at win. Oregon State, I have that as a win as well. Home against Washington. I have that as a win, my friend. It's gonna ruin our trip. Spoiler: Me and Trev wow. just booked our trips to Stanford, and I almost changed my mind as soon as we booked. I was like, "Man, I can't have them beating us." But I can't. You know, when it comes to the week of, you can change. I'm, it. I'm absolutely going to, and I just yeah. Looking through our schedule, I couldn't have Washington going undefeated. And you t- you briefly talked about this last week. <laughs> I think you had us losing to. Arizona. Arizona. And I kind of combated you on that. But when I was looking at my schedule, there was no other team that I was worried about. And so we're going down to Stanford. Yep. And I thought maybe it was – this is the only game I could pick as a loss. It's going to be a really sad flight home. I mean, no, it's not because we're probably going to win. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then they go to a bye. Then they host UCLA on a Wednesday. I have that as a win as well. Win. Arizona. Win as well by at win. Colorado. I do as well. At Washington State. Win. Loss. Win. Cal. Loss. Wow. Notre Loss. Dame. Loss. I agree with you. So what do you have Stanford going this year? I have them going 10 and 3. 10 and 3. So they're right now just behind Oregon. Uh 10 and 3 in Lee uh overall in the conference. One. Man. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That would give them Okay, so your North champion if you have Washington only going 11 and 1, your North champion is Stanford. No, it's not. 
How? Here it is. Because if they're eight and one in conference, they have they hold the tiebreaker over Washington. No, 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 no. Because then Oregon holds it over Stanford, and we hold it over Oregon. Oh, oh man! <laughs> Way to ruin my picks, you d-head. Oh boy! <laughs> I mean, that's isn't juicy. that juicy? Thanks for. Can we it not is. talk about? Can we delete that? I mean, I we probably should because that's good conversation mm. right there. But wow! Yeah. I mean, you just you are <laughs> you just spoiled Endgame for me pretty much. <laughs> I don't know if we can be friends after this. There's 13,400,086 different ways that this could happen. And you chose chose the the one. one. Well, I have Stanford going six and six and four and five. So we're not worried about Stanford. Yep. Maybe they'll go to the cheese at bowl instead. Wow. You really have them struck. Is it their defense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, their defense worries me a little bit. Yep. I mean, it doesn't worry me, but I it's mean, their defense schedule. just, for their sake, they should be worried about their defense. Yeah, I mean, I think they lose to Oregon. I think they lose to Washington. And then I think Washington State, they have lost to Washington State one, two, three years in a row. That pass rush, that pass defense has struggled against yeah. Wazoo, which is weird because – Wazoo comes to Washington and it's like they don't have yeah. an offense. I mean, it's every, you know, Stanford and Oregon, the other two big schools in the North struggle mightily with Wazoo and we just have, their uh, I think a lot of that is coaching. I agree, but there's good coaches. at yeah, Stanford. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, and if they knew the answer to that, they wouldn't be losing to Wazoo. So, you know what? That's a great point. Do we go on to uh, do we go on so, to Washington? No, oh, Washington State. Washington you're State. Right. If we're going alphabetically, yep. we got we go Mike to Washington Lee. State. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we talked about it in the pregame notes, <laughs> yep. right? No big deal. All right, so we're going to Washington State. Mike Leach in his eighth year. Last year he was eleven and two. Went to the Alamo Bowl and beat Iowa State twenty-eight twenty-six. So my player to watch here for Wazoo. Is quarterback Gabe is a Gabrud? I, th- I, you know, I don't know. It's I think it's Gabrud. Uh, I should G- I should G- I should know this because he played at Eastern and my cousin played at Eastern, so I should yeah. know, but I don't. Different eras, though, uh, right? yeah, but barely. Okay, he's a All American, eleven thousand yards of offense and. He was like the best quarterback in yeah, the FCS. Yeah, 100 total right? touchdowns, dude. This kid flat out balled at Eastern. His very first start was against Wazoo, and he beat them while playing for Eastern. Oh Washington. my gosh! Oh yeah. Didn't, okay. Did Wazoo's kicker just shank a, a kick or something like that? Well, forty-five, forty-two. So uh, I guess so. Wow. Yep. So he needs to beat out two other seniors that are already in the system, but this kid is exactly what Mike Leach wants and it's exactly what he's looking for. Big time arm, electrifying, can lead an offense, throw the ball around the field. Can he learn to throw to a spot? I don't know what his offense was like at Eastern, but I know with Mike Leach's offense, it's throwing to a a patch of grass 
on the field, not to an open guy. You know, you're not looking for a guy running a route. You're throwing to a patch of grass where a guy will eventually be. Um, and maybe that's why Washington's been so good against them is because their corners can cover and they watch enough film to yeah. know that this guy's going to this patch of grass. I don't know. He uh, He's the second graduate transfer they've had in two years. Maybe they can strike lightning in a bottle two years in a row with a guy. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work out because that's a, FCS is a completely different level of football. A lot I mean, they have talented guys that do get drafted, but not at the regularity that FBS schools do. So I think it's a completely different skill set as far as those two college systems. So we'll see how he does. It's funny because if you think of the the two – when I think of grad transfer quarterbacks, there's two that stick out to me that were really, really successful. And that was the Easter, the kid at Eastern Vern, that was Vernon there when, uh, when your cousin Vernon Adams was. Uh, Vernon Adams could have taken Oregon uh, even even higher if he didn't get injured. I mean, they they lost in that uh, to TCU, but he got injured through the year, and and when he was out, they looked bad. Uh, and then the other one is Russell Wilson, and in each of those instances, the following year, so after Russell Wilson left. And after Adams left, uh, Wisconsin and Oregon went back to the uh, grad transfer well again. Do you remember who took over at Wisconsin after Russell Wilson? I don't. Neither do I because it didn't work. <laughs> well played. Now, now, Oregon, I do remember his name. I don't. Do you? It was, it was like Cooper or Connor Pruka. Oh, yeah. And that was the that was Herbert's freshman year, and they were supposed to be pretty good under Helfrich. And he threw one of the worst fades in the <laughs> world to a Colorado defensive back to lose to lowly Colorado, and that ended up winning the conference. And it was just a downhill spiral from there. And Prukup ended up losing the job. So history says that it's not going to work, but I think that this guy's pretty special. So. We'll see if uh, let's see if they can catch lightning in a bottle again. So my guy though is uh, Jihad Woods. Uh, Alex Grinch left for didn't he leave for like yeah. Ohio State? Um, and everybody kind of thought that maybe the defense was going to take a step back. They didn't. They improved their defensive points per game total by two points. They went from twenty five with Grinch to twenty three points a game. So they were still a pretty good defense. He's that guy that's around. He's going to be the leading tackler this year with Pelour leaving. Um, I think he's going to be really important for that <laughs> undersized but really quick defense. Yeah, he's going to have to be special because, like you said, they're undersized. So they're going to have to be quick. They're going to have yeah. to hit. Um, Wazoo is notoriously soft, especially on defense. <laughs> uh, Gabe Marks, wide receiver from Wazoo, even said that they were soft when they got – handled by UW years back. Um, it's not right. good when your own player says that you guys are soft. They're not going to just miraculously become a hard-hitting team that isn't small, but can they hide it? Can they gang tackle enough? That's that's the question. For right, and you think of like, you know, Hercules Mata'afa was there. He, he decided to go to the NFL 
foregoing his senior year. And he was, you know, he was the best player on that defense. He didn't yeah. even get drafted. It's definitely a system, but it, you know, 23 points a game. That's, that's not terrible. Um, it's in the upper half of the North. So, uh, you know, they're, they're doing something right up there. So, uh, so what do we got for score here? Um, first up, they got New Mexico state Wait. at home, Northern Colorado. Wait. Okay, I agree with both of those. Houston at a neutral site field, but uh, it's definitely closer to Houston than Win. I have it as a win as well. Then they host UCLA. I agree with you. Then they're at Utah. I agree with you. So right now we both have them at 4-1 and going into their bye week. At Arizona State, I agree. Host Colorado. Okay, uh, I have it as a win. You know, I, I was listening to something and uh, some Colorado guy was saying that there's still pieces there. So you might, you know, I had them at two and ten. Maybe they're better than that. They, I think they have one of the best um, players in the Pac-12 there. They Just do. getting him the ball enough. Yeah. Um, at Oregon. Loss. I have it as a win. Uh, by week at Loss. Cal. I have it as a win. Holy cow. Stanford at home. Yep. I have it as a win. You're tripping. Oregon State at home. We agree. And then at Washington. Yeah, I have it as a loss. What do you have them in conference? I have them 10 and 2 overall. Holy cow. 7 and 2 in conference. Opposite ends of the spectrum. Six and six and three and six in conference. Wow. So you think Washington State is taking a step back and Stanford competing? I have Stanford taking a step back and Washington State competing. Nobody predicted them to be very good last year with a graduate transfer quarterback. And it wasn't even supposed to be a graduate transfer quarterback. But their hand was kind of forced and it worked. And for some reason, you think two years in a row it's going to work again? This guy's really good at an FCS school. I yes, I, yeah, I I know, but yes, I I think okay. it's going fair to enough. Work. So you're wrong, but fair enough. And hey, you know what? I can be wrong. Sure. Here we Here are. we are. <laughs> I was born in the U.S. of A. Baby. Fair enough. All right, now we're down to the home team. Uh, Washington, of course, is coached by Chris Peterson, sixth year overall, 10 and four last year, lost in the Rose Bowl to Ohio State, 23 to 28. That score makes it look like it's close. It, it wasn't. was too. Ah. Dude, I sat in a living room full of Buckeye fans. It was me and my dad and my uncle Kelly were the only Husky fans and my wife. God bless her heart. She's bought, she's bought into <laughs> my program. But the entire game, all I heard was them chirping in my ear. And I was getting irritated, and I was getting frustrated. And me and my dad at one point, we were thinking, God, was, this, was it worth it to come here? I don't think so. But halfway through the fourth quarter, they started to shut up. And the room got really, really quiet. And I remember making, making a comment like, where are you now? What are you? Yeah. Why aren't you guys so loud and obnoxious now? Because they were getting nervous, 
And that's the true sign of a game being close, right? When when fans are quiet, they're nervous. So I don't think it was. I mean, it, it wasn't yeah. a late. It wasn't a late last second. It came down to an offside kick. Yeah, and let's be honest, a call a not a great college kicker trying to get an onside kick. And I was I I was hopeful, but I in my mind I knew stranger that things have happened, man. Onside kick put us. Stranger All things have happened. Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Yep, that was a professional. Kicker. That was also a professional hands team that messed it up. Yep. Yeah. Well, that guy wasn't professional for long. <laughs> he was soon cut. Uh... So, God bless him. I don't remember his name. That was an amazing game. Anyhow, um, yes, it it was a frustrating half. How can we agree yeah. on that? Yeah. Who's your guy to watch this year? I wanted to go with Skinny Eason. But uh, Coach Pete hasn't named. Well, Coach Pete hasn't named a starting quarterback, so I didn't want to preview a quarterback that might not potentially start. Okay. Hey, man, how how dumb would I look as a UW Potter to pick a quarterback to watch, and then he, and we're sitting here saying that yeah, he's going to start, he's going to start, but then he doesn't. All all credibility goes out the window, (laughs) bud. In this podcast don't last when any you much said, longer. When you said you dub Potter, all I can think of is you doing this podcast with uh, Patrick Swayze <laughs> behind you. Uh, when I said you dub Potter, I pictured me playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons in my basement by myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. You can't play Dungeons and Dragons by yourself. Okay. So, okay. Anyhow. So instead of him, I'm going to go with running backs of on Ahmed. Miles Gaskins left a awesome. huge void, man. Four-year starter, graduated, left. He broke almost every single record the UW had for rushing. Left a huge void. This is the kind of opposite of Stanford situation, you know, where um, Bryce Love had the elusiveness and the break a touchdown in any moment, and they're now they're transitioning into a guy that runs between the tackles we're kind of going in the opposite direction where Miles Gaskins was the in between the tackles. He could break it for the long one. He did against Wazoo in the Apple Cup. God bless his soul. But he was more of a downhill runner. He patience. He was all about patience, finding the right hole. Savon Ahmed is lightning in a bottle. He is quick. He is get to the edge, catch a pass, catch a screen pass, take it to the house. Uh, he's probably the fastest guy on the field. Can he work with our offense? Uh, it, he showed flashes of brilliance last year. He started a game that Gaskins was out last year. I can't remember which game it was. Do you remember? Oh, so in the games that Gaskins was out, it felt like they did a lot more of uh, like the whole stable of running backs. Yeah, was in there. but I remember there was one game that he started in the very first quarter. He got off to an electric start. And then he got caught taunting uh, during a touchdown celebration. Oh, yeah, he did the Yep, and then he proceeded to get himself oh, benched for the rest him. of the game. And it was frustrating because – What game? I, can't, I honestly can't remember. Colorado? It, it could have been Colorado. Colorado. But, man, he had a great start to that game, and he shot himself in the foot. And he really could have showed – I was at Yeah, he game. really could have showed his team and his coaches something special and uh, solidified a spot this year just in that one game. Unfortunately, he had to act like a child, and he got treated like one. So can wow. that be fixed? I think it has been. 
and uh, I think you're going to see a lot of good from him this year. I also think you're going to see a lot of uh, not running back by committee, but um, a lot of rotation between running backs this year. This is the deepest running back. You know, you think that the best running back room that they had was Gaskin. Yeah, I love that. That that one-two punch was yep. unbelievable. I've I've heard um, Kamari Pleasant playing as his size show is showing. He's lowering the boomstick. He's running through people. So that could be fun to watch with a with an off bed too. You know, you got one elusive guy. And then you got one guy that's just running power row, run through your tackles, you know, gaining four or five yards every play. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the deepest running back room that they've had. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable with this this whole group. Savan Ahmed, Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant, Richard yeah. Newton, and Cam Davis. I mean, that's a that is a yeah. stable. Yeah. So I feel good about that as well. Um, you know, people talk about Cal having a, a really good defense last year. And they're, they averaged, they gave up about 20 points a game. Washington was 16 and a half. That's four points yeah. better. You know, the, the coaches don't give a lot away. They don't, they don't hype their guys at all. They don't even name freaking a, a starting quarterback until probably the day of. But Akaika Malloy did say that this defensive line will be better and that's a big deal um i think that this defense is just going the reason why washington will win their offense will be better this year their defense is going to be filled yeah i think the reason that their defensive line is going to be better is not because i mean greg Gaines is something special you know he's a special type of player yeah but there was it's my favorite player in washington over Over bishop seki chris polk Oh, wow. uh, yep. Uh, Did you see his? Uh, yeah, you were there. You saw his interception. Yeah, that was on. We're going to be seeing them play Stanford two years in a row together. You know what? I think in the last four years, all I've seen three Stanford games. I, wow, that's pretty good. But okay, back to the defensive so, line. Greg Gaines is special, but I think that there is way more depth behind this defensive line than there was last year. Totally and, agree. And totally agree. By the sounds of it, on Muzurike has taken leaps and bounds as far as his skill set, and he is looking to be a beast this year. Yeah, they're saying all conference, yeah. no problem. He, he's going to be special this year. So that I mean, well, they're, I mean, they're going to continue to just have cornerback rotations. Uh, I mean, we just keep yeah. stealing corners from Arizona, so. We're just going to keep plugging in yep. more and more corners. So let's go through. Uh, my player my player to watch is Brandon Wellington. If he uh, stays healthy, man. it's going to be That's a good pick. Awesome. What about Kyler, what about Kyler Manu, it. though? I mean, they, um, you know, I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to be the starter when games matter. Who do you think is? Um, you know, that's a good question. It's probably, it's probably going to be, um, Jackson, sir. You think so? I would have yeah. said Calvert. I would have said Calvert he's, two weeks ago, but uh, word on the street is that he's he, done for the season. He might be done yeah, for the with season. Knee yeah, I, ACL yeah, or knee injury. injury I don't know of? if it's an ACL or not, but I did hear it was a knee injury. 
and I heard that it was it that was not sucks, pretty because I had high expectations for him. Yeah, okay, you love immediately. Josh Calvert. So that that one hurts yeah. my ego a little bit. That now he's going to redshirt and you'll get him for four go. years. All right, let's get into this. First, they host Eastern Washington on August first. I agree. Win. Cal. Payback. Yep. Payback's Hawaii. a bitch on Cal too. That's right, boy. <laughs> Hawaii win. Hawaii. Wait, I thought you said they were going to. Well, they good. are. I said that. I said they were going to be. Oh, they're going to struggle with a quarter and a half. Quarter and yeah, half maybe. I, I, All right, at BYU. Uh, win, win. USC. At Stanford. <laughs> I have that as a win. Uh, at win. Arizona. I have that as the loss. Win. Oregon. I agree. Bye. Then they have Utah. Win. At Oregon win. State. Bye. At Colorado. Win. And Washington State win. at home. All right. So we both have them going 11-1 and one and 8-1 and one in conference. And I already spoiled the weird yeah. round robin uh, uh, at the top of the north for you. So based on that, I think they would go to overall wins. So you have Washington in the Pac-12 championship Yeah, it's again. either overall wins or BC, uh, not BCS, but CFB rankings, right? Or ranking. Yeah. Either way, they win. And I think with that, yeah, I think, yeah. So our Pac-12 championship is the same as last year. Both of us have Washington at uh, and Utah. Um, what do you think? Who's going to win that game? Washington's going to be in a hell of a stride at that time. I think that they're probably going to walk away with that. And Utah might not even have a quarterback again. Guy needs to prove that he can stay healthy. Yeah. That's a great point. And I agree with you. I think that, I think that until Utah can put uh, an offense together that can hang with its elite defense, they're just, they're, they're not going to be able to beat a Washington that has a good offense yeah. and a great defense. Totally. So, all right, is Washington at at twelve and one? That would tell me that Washington is probably going to the uh, a BCS bowl, a uh, uh, to the playoffs. At twelve and one, maybe. The it depends on how the other schools shake out. The college football committee does not like the Pac twelve for good Uh, reason. Yeah, but we put in two teams in the college football playoff in what four years? We so. have, and Wash and and Oregon did. Oregon did win a game yeah. in the playoff. So, but, but the last you know, two years have struggled. They have, and you know, frankly, you know, if Notre Dame is good again, that Georgia, Alabama, that's always, you know, you're, you got to think that at least one of those guys is going to get in. And do you take an, a, a, a 10 and one, 11 and one Alabama or Georgia over a 12 and one Washington, even if they didn't win their conference? Probably. Just because they have, they have yeah, in the past. And I think they yeah, do that. The SEC again. just, they, they get the right of way on the PAC 12. And yeah. justifiably so. I mean, Alabama's won a lot of national championships. Um, yeah, I can't be – I can be mad about it, but I can yeah. also understand it. Notre Dame is kind of the spoiler in all of this because being an independent, that kind of hoses one of the Power Five conferences, right? 
So if Notre Dame right. goes out like last year and they were really, really good, they take a spot away from a Power 5 school. And then last year you had Clemson, and then you had two SEC schools, correct? You had Georgia and Alabama. Uh, no, you had Oklahoma. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The year before, Alabama. it was two SEC schools. So, but yeah. with Notre, yeah, and they met in the yeah, championship. But with Notre Dame being an independent, that kind of takes away from the Big Ten or the Pac. And I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were both out last year. So yep, and and it's not because of a lack of talent. I mean, both both conferences have really good teams. In reality, I think after watching those games, you you probably figure that Ohio State probably should have been in there over a... a well, Notre uh, Dame got blasted, but, I mean, so did Alabama. Yeah. I mean, Clemson was point. really, really good last year, but... Yeah, they were hands no, down the best Yeah, the Notre Dame better go undefeated if they want to go back to the playoff this year again after their showing last yeah, year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, we're getting pretty long in the tooth. Jake, do you have anything to add about the three new recruits that Washington got this week? Uh, I mean, it's just more DBU, man. Yep. Jacoby Cummington, four-star. Mikel Easton, uh, a three-star. And Elijah Jackson, a three-star. Easton and Jackson are actually uh, high school teammates. And Jacoby Covington's out of uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. So it's nice to see Coach yep. keep, keep taking away four-star corners out of Arizona, man. The yeah, it it from what I've heard, it sounds like two of those guys are going to end up as safeties. Jacoby Cummington's a big guy; he's already almost two hundred yeah. pounds. But it's just nice to see that Arizona's definitely a pipeline school for us as far as cornerbacks go. All right, Husky fans, thanks for tuning in to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. Go dogs. go dogs! Take a deep breath in. Now count to ten. There. Don't you feel better already? No. Why not? Oh. That's because that's anger management crap. Join me and learn real ways to overcome your anger. I share my own struggles and journey to break free of destructive anger. I will give you ideas and insight that will bring you to a place of healthy anger. Yes, there is such a thing. Learn how on that anger management crap with Matthew Plotner.